This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Time now to go back to a radio program that first aired in 1949. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis at the height of their popularity and the episode Witness to Murder. It's the Martin and Lewis Show! The National Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed from Hollywood, the Martin and Lewis Show. Featuring Flo McMichael, Sheldon Leonard, Ben Alexander, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Well, right now we find Dean and Jerry in their hotel room preparing to go to their nightclub. The boys have made a strenuous series of personal appearances. Jerry, especially, is all tired out. Evening. I sure wish we didn't have to go to the club tonight. I'd rather just stay here in a room and read a book or listen to our Martin and Lewis program being released at a more inconvenient time. <laughs> you know, Jerry, you don't seem to have much pep in it. I think you need some proper exercise, Jerry, and maybe a bodybuilding course. What'd you say? I said, wouldn't you like to take a course in bodybuilding? Sure, if I could learn to build one like Ava Gardner. <laughs> Jerry, I, I'm trying to give you advice. Can't you be serious once? Must you always play the buffoon? Buffoon? <laughs> what do you mean, buffoon? I don't play the buffoon. I play the trumpet. Jerry! I used to play the trumpet back home at the Elks Club every Saturday night. Jerry, will you please stop? Ian, it's times like these that make me think you should have kept your nose and had the rest of you removed. <laughs> How can you talk to me like that? You know, it hurts me when you say things about my physical appearance. I'm sorry, Dean. I didn't mean it. As a matter of fact, I was just going to say how good you look in that suit. Well, thanks, Jerry. Of course, clothes make the man. After all, what would a man be without clothes? Naked. <laughs> oh, come on. Get your coat and let's go. All right. I wonder if I need my raincoat. Wait a minute. I'll pull up the window shade and see what the weather is like. Not bad, just a little drizzle. I think I... <laughs> What's the matter? Look across the court and I window there. See? There's a hand with a gun in it. Yeah, and it's aimed right at the guy's back. <laughs> oh, he did it! Look, they pulled down the shade, Jerry. This is awful. Call the manager. Yeah, we ought to insist on another room immediately. <laughs> no, we've got to report the murder. Why don't we call the police? The managers like to know these things first. Oh, I see. That gives him a chance to move the body to another hotel. <laughs> Look, if you're not going to call, I'll do it. Don't get excited, Dean. Keep calm. The main thing is keep calm. Quiet, oh, Jerry. Relax. Get your mind off of it. Think of a pretty girl. 
You know, that must be room 607 across from us. They don't seem to answer. Come on, Jerry. Let's go down to the manager's office. Jerry? Jerry, what's that strange look on your face? Oh, Dean, you spoiled everything. I was just thinking of a pretty girl. I almost had a friend for you. (laughs) Have you forgotten that we've got to report a murder? Now, let's go to the elevator. Gee, these thick hotel carpets are noisy. (laughs) Now, look, Jerry. Don't open your mouth about this murder until we see the manager. Anyone might be the guilty party, you know. Going down. Okay. Uh, Lovely day. Yeah. Hey, Dean, you think she did it? (laughs) Oh, don't be silly. I'll find out. I'll question her. Hey, sister, see anything suspicious in the last few minutes? What do you mean? Any dead people get on the elevator? (laughs) Oh, Jerry, lay up. I'm sorry, miss... Uh, did he frighten you? Oh, that kind of talk doesn't scare me. I once found two bodies. Well, you certainly kept the right one. <laughs> Name Lobby. Now, look, there's the manager's office, Jerry. Come on, hurry, hurry. Gee, our feet make the same noise on a tile floor that they do on a carpet. <laughs> well, there's the manager in there now. Let's not scare him. Break it gently. Uh, hello, Mr. Silvernail. Well, how do you do, gentlemen? My, you both look upset. Got a complaint? Yes, you gave us a room overlooking a murder. <laughs> what are you talking about? We saw someone get murdered. Yeah, and we think it's room 607. Oh, a couple of peeping toms. <laughs> I am not. I only looked through a keyhole once in my life and never did it again. Why not? Someone stuck a key in my eye and tried to open my head. <laughs> What about you, Martin? Don't tell me you never looked through a keyhole. Absolutely not. I'm a transom man. <laughs> Look, Mr. Silvernail, we're wasting time. The murderer will escape. Look, I know you boys are great jokesters, but let's not kid about a thing like that. But the man in 607 was killed, and we know it. Mr. Milford lives in room 607. He's just not the type of person who gets murdered. <laughs> Call room 607 on a phone, and if a man answers... Brother, have you got long distance? <laughs> Listen, I don't have time for this nonsense. I'm a busy man. Good day. Good day. Good day. <laughs> ah, come on, Jerry. No use talking to him. You'll be sorry. Next time we see a man get murdered here, we won't tell you, and he'll just lay there running up a big bill. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't argue, Jerry. We'll just have to call the police. That's what we should have done first. Here, I'll use this phone in the lobby. Hello, operator? I want to report a murder to the police. Police Department, homicide, Sergeant Douglas. Listen, Sergeant, my name is Jerry Lewis. I said something Listen, Sergeant uh, I want to report a murder Gosh, I remember when I used to have to tell jokes to get laughed Sergeant, there's been a murder Oh, this is no use 
gee, if a murder does that, just think of the laugh we could get with a massacre. <laughs> hey, Jerry, look who's walking across the lobby. Why, it's the famous reporter, Emma Blurb. Nadine, she could help us. She must know all the police reporters. Oh, that's right. Uh, Miss Blurb. Well, Jerry Lewis Dean. Martin. <laughs> Miss Blurb, we've got to talk to you. Oh, and you boys got to scoop. Someone has been murdered. Oh, a double scoop. Miss Blurb, we don't know who the victim is, but uh, we certainly saw him murdered. Murdered in cold blood. We didn't take the temperature. Uh, we've got to get the police over here, but... They won't listen to us. We thought perhaps you could call a police reporter and... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't report murders unless the victims are being sued for divorce. You mean you won't help us? Well, perhaps I will. If I'm nice to you, maybe someday if you're having a baby, you'll tell me first. If I'm ever having a baby, I think I should tell my wife first. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, you're pulling my leg, and I think you're very Miss <laughs> Blurp, what about the murder? Oh, yes, murder. I have one thing to say to all murders. Surely you know that you're not helping the box office any by killing people. If you must kill somebody, at least try and limit it to people who buy popcorn. <laughs> and now, good... Uh, oh, yes, good night. <laughs> Well, that's a lot of help she gave us. Come on, Jerry, let's get to the police. Okay, Dean, but before we go, will you sing a song? It'll add to the suspense. <laughs> but how can I sing here in the hotel lobby? Easy. There's a potted orchestra behind those plans. <laughs> well, okay, come on, stand by for telling. Everywhere you go Sunshine follows you Everywhere you go The skies are always blue Children love you They seem to know You bring roses Out of the snow The whole world says hello They seem to know You bring roses Out of the snow The whole world says hello Let's go to the police station. Jerry, maybe we'd better forget about the whole thing. 
Forget that we've seen a murder committed? Dean, what are you saying? I couldn't forget the whole thing. What would my scoutmaster say? <laughs> Jerry, are you still a Boy Scout? Yes, and don't forget, a Boy Scout is loyal. A Boy Scout is truthful. A Boy Scout is trustworthy. And next week, I'm joining the Girl Scouts. <laughs> joining the Girl Scouts? Why? A Boy Scout also likes to have fun. <laughs> Well, Jerry, we still have quite a problem on our hands. You know, if nobody will believe we saw a murder, what are we going to do? We got to get to the police station. Oh, this being in a police station makes me kind of nervous. Come on, Jerry, let's talk to the desk sergeant. I beg your pardon, sir. Oh, hello. Uh, find a stray dog? No, this is my partner, Jerry Lord. <laughs> I suppose it's all right, then. Sure it's all right. I got a license. <laughs> Look, Mr. Policeman, we just saw a murder committed. Yeah, over at the Plaza Hotel, and there was terrible blood all over the place, hollering and screaming. Oh, it was terrible, wasn't it, Jerry? Yeah, it was murder. <laughs> Look, I know all about you guys. They called me from the hotel. You're just troublemakers, and I don't want to hear anything. Oh, troublemakers? Yeah. Hey, Charlie, throw these troublemakers out. Okay, Joy boys. Here we go. Up, Daisy. Hey, hold on there. You... <laughs> well, that was a bright idea. Now what'll we do? I know. Let's go to the newspapers. They've got to listen to us. Yeah, those newspaper guys are always very nice. You know that, Jerry? They've got a lot of influence, too. Hey, Jerry, do you know Walter Winchell? You mean the head of the FBI? <laughs> Jerry, do we know any reporters? No, but we're standing right in front of a newspaper office now. Let's go in. <laughs> Come on, Dean. Follow me down this corridor. I've been here before. I'll find someone who'll believe our murder story. I'm right behind you, Jerry. Hey, this is quite a big newspaper office at that. Yeah. Look in this door here. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Sugar is sweet. And so are... Uh... Oh, darn, I just can't seem to get it to rhyme. Well, who was that? Nick Kenny. <laughs> hey, look, Jerry, there's another door. Let's look and see who's working in there. Sure. Let's see who's in there. Oh, excuse us, Mr. Pegler. <laughs> Oh, look, Dean. There's the editor's office. He's the one we want. Come on in here. Yes? Hey, what's the idea of bringing that Dalmatian in here? That's not a Dalmatian. That's Jerry Lewis. A dog with a last name? <laughs> no, no. You don't quite understand. I'm Jerry Lewis. I'm a fella. <laughs> you see, Mr. Editor... We live over at the Plaza Hotel, and we saw a murder. Oh, I know all about it. And I know all about you, too. Hey, Murphy, throw these two bums out of here. <laughs> okay, boss. Come on, kiddies. Dowdy's gonna kiss you goodbye. <laughs> well, here we are out in the street again. Fine thing. Murder's committed. Nobody cares. 
I guess here after we'd better just mind our own business. Yeah, that's the best way. There they are, boys. There's the two nuts that are running loose. Grab them. Look, where'd Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis? We know, we know. We're taking you to a nice, quiet place in the country where you can work the whole thing out. Come on, Joe. Get the jackets on them. Hey, let me go, will well, you? What's the idea? I'm Dean Martin, the singer. Yeah? How do I know that? Sing him a couple of notes, Dean. Yeah, listen, I'll prove it. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through, just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind, Georgia on my mind. Georgia, Georgia, a song of you comes as sweet and clear as moonlight through the pine. Other arms reach out to me Other eyes smile tenderly Still in peaceful dreams I see the road leads back to you Georgia Georgia No peace I find Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia On my mind Other arms reach out to me I smile tenderly Still in peaceful dreams I see The road leads back to you Georgia Georgia no peace I find Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on What do you say now, bud? Do you believe he's Dean Martin? You convinced now? No, you're not Dean Martin. You're Bing Crosby. <laughs> Come on, into the car, boys. 
But where are you taking it? Oh, don't worry. You'll like it there. You'll meet a lot of your old friends. Old friends? Who? Oh, like Napoleon. Napoleon? But he's been dead so long, he'll never remember me. (laughs) I'll introduce you. Now, come on, get in the car. Dingy. Yeah, Jer. This guy's taking us for a ride, Ding. I've seen it a million times in the movies. They take us to a lonely road and leave us to die. We're lost. We wander around hopeless, starving, we're hungry. There's nothing to eat, and we finally start looking at each other like cannibals. And you come over to me and start feeling where the white meat is, and Dean. Why? Take big bites, don't let me suffer. <laughs> Jer. Okay, boys, here we are. Hey, Jerry, look at the sign on the gate. Dr. Heimer's sanitarium. Sanatorium. A sanitarium? A sanatorium? A, a serotonium? Oh. Why are they taking us here? We've always been sanitary. <laughs> Come on, boys, right across this patch of grass. Gee, wooden grass. <laughs> Just a minute, I'll open the door. Gee, it's just like a hospital. Look at this barred door with a sign on it. It says, Don't open this door. Men inside crazy as bed bugs. <laughs> Pardon me, son. I know what the sign on our cell door says, but it's not true. We're not crazy. Would you do something to get us released? Gee, you sure sound all right to me. Don't you worry, mister. I'll I'll try and get you out of here. Oh, thank you, son. Thank you. Believe me, if you can do it, you'll have the eternal gratitude of all us bedbugs. (laughs) Dean... I'm really getting nervous. Let's get out of here. Yeah, maybe we can sneak through this door. Maybe it leads to an exit. Well, welcome in, boys. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> Sophie, what are you doing in a plate? Pl- play- Sophie! <laughs> Do it again. So how's the family? <laughs> Sophie, what are you doing in a place like this? Shh, quiet. In a place like this, I am a trustee here. I am in charge of the petty cash. Sophie, they trust you with their money? Yeah, and they think I'm crazy. <laughs> Isn't that silly? Now, now, how could I be crazy? Just look at me. I'm, I'm handsome. I'm, I'm suave. Curly hair. 940 miles tall. Four feet wide. 940 miles tall and four feet wide. Yeah, I was born on a train between New York and Chicago. <laughs> oh, stop, Toby. We're in an awful jam. Dean and I saw a murder being committed, and we reported it to the police, and now here we are here. Oh, you're here, eh? You saw a murder, huh? Well, I'll tell you, you'll be all right. The only trouble with you is that you have got a new rosis. Yeah, I know. I traded in my old rosis. <laughs> 
See, you said I have neurosis, which is a sickness, see? But when you said new roses, I said I traded in for my old roses. It's all a form of a gag. It's just funny because the words sounded alike, and <laughs> look how he's staring at me. <laughs> Toby, tell us, what's the real reason that you're here? Well, I am, uh, I'm learning a business, you know. I may open up a place of my own. <laughs> well, where will you get the customers? Why, all of my friends will come. Oh, you haven't got any friends who belong in a place like this? I haven't, I certainly do, certainly do. I got, one of them is in the third cell down the hall now. Guy thinks he's an airplane. <laughs> hey, look, look, here he comes now. <laughs> well, what do you know? He changed his mind. <laughs> hey, look, fellas, I'll tell you, I'll see if I can get you. I'll see if I can get you out of here, but first... Well, let's see if we can convince the doctor that you are sane, eh? Come on. Oh, come in, gentlemen. Come in. Oh, you'll have to excuse me, but I feel terrible. Bad news, very bad news. I lost my uncle in the East. He stepped down to get into a Hudson. <laughs> what about it? It was the Hudson River. <laughs> hey, Soapy, isn't this guy slightly nuts himself? Well, I'll tell you, I wouldn't be surprised. He's got a good reason. You know, once, once when he was operating on a patient, and after he sewed him up, found out that he left his telephone inside. Hey, that's terrible. That's what drove him out of his mind, eh? Oh, yeah, naturally. They were phoning him from Hollywood calling. <laughs> All right, now. We'll give you the word association test. Just say the first word that pops into your head. Ready now? Table. Girl. Carpet. Girl. Chair. Girl. This little schnook is really nuts. <laughs> he thinks he's Errol Flynn. <laughs> now, come on, Jay. Do it right or we'll never get out of here. All right, now, once more. Cat. Meow. Dog. <laughs> towel. Boom. <laughs> what was that? Cannon towel. <laughs> Association test is no good. Come here, I'm going to tap your head with this little hammer. First in front. Then in the back. Now in the front of the next. Oh, shucks, another single-headed foul. <laughs> I leave you in here alone while I go get the head psychiatrist. Oh, now we're in for it, Jerry. I know how these psychiatrists work. They make you lie down on a couch and they cross-examine you. Well, I'll lie down on it. Oh, this is comfortable. So these guys just ask a bunch of questions, huh? Start talking, Jerry. What do I talk about? Tell me, did you ever have dreams as a child? No. You see, I was an incubator baby. <laughs> do you have dreams now? Yes. What do you dream about? Pressure cookers. <laughs> Well, let's try another angle. How much is one and one? Two. How much is two and two? Let's go back to one and one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry, cut that out. Come on, I hear footsteps in the hall. Oh, 
the psychiatrist was busy at the meeting, but I, I told the board about you two and got a ruling on your case. Now, I don't want you to be hurt, but it's obvious that you two are not quite like us. <laughs> Come on, doctor, what's the ruling? Get out of this asylum immediately, both of you. Get out? Yes, and don't you dare ever come around bothering us bedbugs again. <laughs> Ah, Jerry, our hotel room never looked so good before. But after what we've been through, the police and that sanitarium, anything would look good. Yeah, what a day. And all because we thought we saw a murder. Remember? I pulled up the shade to see if it was raining like this. And I happened to look across the court and... What's the matter, Jerry? Look, a guy with a gun. He's repeating the murder for the West Coast. (laughs) Well, wait, wait, I'll call the police. No. No, that won't do any good. Look, he's... Jerry, we've got to get the police. Yeah, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> Jerry, what are you laughing at? Look, the victim just turned into a can of red-hard dog food. <laughs> Jerry, you're hysterical. No, I'm not, Dean. Don't you see? All this trouble was for nothing. There were no murders. All the time we've been just seeing a television show. Doggone <laughs> those new 72-inch screens. <laughs> Folks, see you next week, everybody. Martin Lewis Show, transcribed in Hollywood, is produced by Robert L. Redd and written by Charlie Isaacs and Jack Douglas. This has been another in the series of stellar comedy programs sent your way every day by the National Broadcasting Company. Always tuned to NBC for the best in comedy, drama, music, news, adventure, and mystery. It's all yours for the listening on NBC. Screen Directors Playhouse has moved to Fridays in this same time period. Tune in Friday at this time and hear John Garfield in the Screen Directors Playhouse. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Whistler, followed by Fibber McGee and Molly. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We begin this evening with a strange tale from the program Lights Out. Linda wanted to speak to Carl about his being unsocial. And when he invited her for a walk along the beach, it seemed to be the perfect opportunity. But Carl was a businessman and was always busy with work. The irony of it was that Carl wanted to talk to Linda about her burning the social candle at both ends. Then, as they noticed the lack of moonlight, Carl and Linda thought they noticed something at the water's edge. A drunken man, perhaps, but as the moon came from behind the clouds, they thought it was an old man writing in the sand. But what was he writing? They noticed the old man on the beach can make people disappear pass out by erasing their names etched in the sand. When he reappeared with the moon, he scribbled some dates instead. Hmm. Stay tuned for Lights Out. Arch Oblers, Lights Out, everybody. Later than 
This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you. These lights out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. What you're going to hear now is pure radio. Not a play for a pictureless TV. It's radio. About two people, one of whom may be you, in Mirage. Now, look, Linda, this party, it's getting a little too much for me. It's a great night. How about a little walk on the beach? All right. But quickly, before someone changes my mind. Get your rest? No. No, I'll let the moonlight keep me warm. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that air's good. Careful. Night air. You know, I never could understand the hunters. They build this place here on the shore, and then when they give a party, they seal the windows hermetically. Here, down this path. Yes. Boy, that breeze off the sea is good. Don't you think so? Frankly, Carl, I didn't come out here for the air. I've been very anxious to talk to you. Very. That's flattering. Won't be when you hear why I want to talk to you. Carl, I've always liked you. And are you? Liking you, I've tried to understand you as you are, but must you be so antisocial? Antisocial? Me? The Rensales had a dinner party last night. Oh, Oh, that. The office. I couldn't break away. The Carters were expecting you the night before last at the theater. Linda, I'm a businessman. Carl, you can't disappoint people continually and expect them to have any regard for you. My friends know I'm a busy man. You and I belong to a set that demands um, certain social obligations from us. I wonder if you know how pompous that sounds. Pompous or not, it's the truth. Oh, Carl, you can't just ignore social obligations. I'm here, am I not? Ocean's rather calm, isn't it? They were talking about you only last week at the pages. Pages? Say, J.B. made a good thing out of International Motors last week. Must have cleaned up a quarter of a million. Someone mentioned your name, and this other person laughed and said, <laughs> Don't invite him unless you let him bring his stock ticket. Idea, Matt. I hear the same about you wherever I go, Carl. There isn't a man I know who spends as much time at work as you do. That's what I want. Why shouldn't I? Oh, Carl, understand me. I appreciate the importance of money. But after all, you could find time for your friends. <laughs> Why do you laugh? I just remembered why I wanted to be alone with you. Well? I was going to lecture you. What? Lecture. Really, I was. I was going to tell you that you've been burning the social candle at both ends, or uh, words to that effect. Really? You are, you know. Bazaars and style shows and all that nonsense. But you took the offensive, so I forgot what I wanted to say. And that reminds me... You're remembering me... a great number of things, aren't you? Yep. One of the things was to tell you that you're looking very lovely tonight. The man's human. You're irritated with me, aren't you? I am. Oh, Carl. You could be an utterly charming man if you'd forget your stocks and bonds and debentures and... All the rest of that for a while and start enjoying it. Linda, now you've got me irritated. Just because my idea of living doesn't include a room full of jabbering idiots. I think we'd better go back. Now, wait a minute, Linda. Oh, Linda. Let's call a truce on this. After all, we're a couple of mature people. 
Let's act, Monsieur Lane, leave each other alone and enjoy the night. How about it? Oh, you're hopeless. But all right. Good. We'll get off on safe subjects. The sea, the weather, the moon, June, the number of days for Christmas. Exactly. We'll start with the sea. Calm, isn't it? You walk so fast, Carl. No. <laughs> I forgot. The sand must be ruining your slippers. No. Beach is packed so hard. I'm, I'm quite all right. Just don't walk too fast. Right. Fine place the hunters have here. They do have successful parties. Yeah. Hunter bought this place right before 29. Understand he tried to unload it all through the Depression, but... Couldn't get even enough to cover the land value. Did you hear about Ivy's debut? Hmm? Margaret naturally wanted to have it at the Paramount, but Tom insisted on their country place. Well, that's understandable. Poor Tom dropped enough in that amalgamated merger to make him re-entrench all the way around. Oh? <laughs> Amazing. Man of his experience, not knowing that you can't disturb the capital investment of an organization without jeopardizing... Oh, just a minute, Mr. Laughlin. If you're thinking of starting on capital investments again, I'd better remind you that this conversation is limited to, uh, remember? June, moon. <laughs> what moon? Well, of all the inconsiderate clouds I ever... Carl, what are you staring at? I, uh, I can't quite make out. Do you see anything down there? Near the water's edge? Why, why yes, there is something there. It's so dark. Carl, it, it moves. I saw. Is it a dog? I'm not sure. Let's go closer. N no, Linda, wait. Linda, come back. Carl, come quickly. What is it? Look, it's, it's someone sitting on the sand. Well, who in the world? Oh, a drunk. Just someone who's lost his way to the bar. Come on. Linda, wait. No, wait for what? I better see who it is and give him a hand. All right. You must play the good Samaritan. Go ahead. I say there, fella. What in the world's a drunken fool doing? Digging for clams? Have to get closer. I say there, old boy. Going to get a little wet there when the tide comes in, aren't you? Well, drunk and dumb. I guess you're right. Oh, let's go. On. No, 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 wait, please. Why? The moon will be out in a minute. I want to see what he's doing. Ah, now we'll see. Why, it's an old man. Rising in the sand. What are you doing here? Guess he just won't talk. Well, how do you like that? Riding in the sand with the point of his finger. Oh, I... I don't like this at all. Come away. What is it? Nothing. Nothing at all. If this, uh, This old man wants to sit here in the dark and the sand, let him. Why does it concern but us? What's he writing? I, uh... I can't quite make out. Oh, the moon went under. Carl, are you staying here? Oh, I'm sorry. I want to see what the man's writing. What are you writing, old man? Old man, don't you hear me talking to you? Oh, Carl, you're being insufferable. Linda, where's your curiosity? A deserted beach after midnight, an old man riding heaven knows what in the sand. Aren't you interested in knowing? I'm not interested in maniacs. Who else but a psychopathic would uh, Linda, wait. Uh, wait, uh, the moon's coming through the clouds again. Now we'll see. <laughs> you see it too? He's riding 
names in the sand. Names of people. Carl. What is it, Linda? His... His face. What'd you say? Face. Did you see his face? No, no, I didn't see it. Linda, what's the matter? Hey, what about his face? There's only blasted clouds I can't see. There. Light again. There's nothing wrong with his face. Uh, I thought... Just no man must be a gardener. Writing names in the sand. I want to know who he is. Well, now you're curious. I want to know who he is, Carl. And I'm certainly going to find out. Old man, we insist on knowing who you are. Do you hear me, old man? We insist. <laughs> no attention must be death. Clouds covering the moon. Sea so green. Even in the night. Carl, I'm cold. Let's go in. If that isn't like a woman, one minute you're curious and the next minute you're cold. Moon's bright now. Look. Look. You can see some of the names he's writing. John Barclay, March 2nd, 1939. Well, that's today. Well, how do you like that? He wiped the name out, and he's writing another one. James Ellison. March 2nd, 1939. Wipe that out. Writing another one. Name after name. But why? Old man, can you hear me? Why? What? What would he say? He's certainly not drunk. Eyes so bright, so intent on his work. And what work? Oh, don't laugh. Well, what did you say? He, he seems so, so busy. Linda, what is there about this old man that disturbs you? I think he's funny. Carl. A dirty little unshaven old man crouched over writing names in the sand with a point of his finger. That's a serious career, isn't oh, it? Oh, no. A career for one's old age. No overhead, no competition, no profit. Sit in the open air and write in the sands of time. Linda, I tell you, when I get too old for Wall Street, I think I'll join this old Carl. man. And... Huh? Look. Your name. He's writing. Your name. Well, what do you know about... The... A... The old fraud can here. Ah. Uh, Must have overheard you say my L. name. Carl. Your last name. He's writing that too. But that's impossible. He doesn't know... He is writing it. L. He... You? He doesn't know. She? Why? How slowly he formed each letter. How does he know? Why does he write? Carl, Carl, what is it? I, I don't know. I feel sick. Carl! Don't, don't let me fall. Oh, man. Oh, man, help me. He's, help he's, me. He's, he's, my my name. No. I can't breathe. Come, I can't let you up. Oh, help me. Come, help me, please. 
My name. In the sand. Where? The fifth. It came in and wiped it out before he finished. Old man, why did you write my name? How'd you know who I was? Answer me, why did you write my name? What difference does that make, Carl? You're ill. Let's get back to the house. No, no, I feel fine. Sudden dizziness, but I'm all right. I want to know how and why they don't... He's writing again. Ill? I N your name. Yes. D A Carl. Take me home. Wait, he can't possibly know your last name. J E F. He does know it. Carl, please, I I don't F E R. Writing so slowly, as if he wasn't quite sure. But he does know it. Linda, how in the world do you imagine he knows... Uh, Linda. Carl. Carl. Help. Linda. Help me. Linda. Linda, what is it? Hold. Hold me. Uh, yes, I'm holding you. Uh, Linda, in heaven's name, what is it? My heart. Falling. Linda. Falling. Linda. Linda! What? Carl, why are you holding me in your arms? You... You were ill, standing. I? What are you talking about? Are you joking? What is there to joke about? Carl, please let go of me. All right. Oh, yes, my name. He was writing my name. Yes. Where is it? The sand. He's writing another name. Where's mine? That wave. Must have washed it out before he finished. I... I remember now. My heart. I couldn't see. Darkness. I was falling. Yes. Falling. Your face so white. Carl, why? As he wrote my name, I felt as if I were dying. No. And then you. You felt that way, too, as you wrote your name, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. How cold it is here. How cold. Still writing. Oh, no. Stay by me. Yes. Still where? Darker than the darkness. I I can't stand it anymore. Oh man, who are you? Linda, stay away from him. Don't Linda. Linda. What is it? No one. 
But he was here I saw him. Come. Oh, find him. Find him. I've got to know. I've got to know. Old man. Where are you? Old man. Billy is there. Fall down the beach. We've got to catch him. Come. Yes. Old man. Wait. Old man. Old man, wait. Wait, I beg you. Old wait. man, wait. I want to talk to you. I... No one. Uh, I thought... There he is. Where? The other way at the edge of the water. Old man! Wait, old man! Wait for me, Carl! Wait! Wait! Oh. Why did you stop? No one. I thought I saw... But there's no one. Oh, no. If only the moon came out again. Find him for me, Carl. You blasted moon, get out, come out. Oh, man. Linda. What? Linda. You <laughs> laughing? Yes, of course I'm laughing. What we just heard, the wind... Our friends back at the house. Friends? Yes, friends. That wind and the sound of them talking, it, it cleared my head. I must have been out of my head all this time. And you too, Linda. Our friends? Yes. Yes, our friends. Back there, only a few hundred feet from here. Light and music and reality. This, this hasn't been reality? Linda, all my life I've been a practical man. My life has been like my business. Everything has had debits and credits. This, that's been happening to us. My head's clear now. I can think of it in practical terms. Tell me. We met an old man. Riding in the sand. He wrote my name. And mine too. All that was real enough. Now then, how did he know our name? Yes. Simple enough. You and I are not unknown. He must have been an old gardener on the estate here. Yes, that's it. He heard of us and then heard us call each other by a given name. And so he knew the rest of us. But when he wrote our names... We... Yes, 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 I know the dizziness. It's all quite easily explained. Back in the house, the air was bad. We came outside. Both of us nerves on edge. Too much fresh air. Dizziness followed and... Oh, why talk about it anymore? Let's go back to the house. Yes, Carl. Yes, quickly. Now, careful, not so fast you'll fall. I'm all right. Faster, Carl. I want to get back. A drink, that's what I need. A drink of two or three, a dozen. So very dark. Infernal cloud. Let's stay along the water's edge. Easier to walk. Yes. Fantasy in the night, that's all it was. We let our imaginations run away with it. Imagine things that didn't exist. Ah. Oh. Why do you stop? Why are you pointing? <laughs> He's writing. Again? He's there, writing again. Old man. Old man. Carl, don't leave me. Oh, God, it's so dark. Carl. Gone again. Gone again. Take me back to the house quickly. Oh, quickly, don't stand there. We'll run. We'll... Wait, wait, wait. The moon. 
shining down so strangely. Everything's so strange. So strange? Yes. Ah. At the edge of the water. What? Our names. Our names. Our names in the sand. See them. There's a deep written after my name. And after mine. I can't see the the deep. What? A wave. It's coming. Linda, come back. No. The date when I... Oh, no. No. No, it isn't true. It isn't, it isn't. A date written in the sand, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't. Does it, Linda? I didn't think it would be so soon. You believe? Yes. I do, too, somehow. But, just too. No. No, I won't believe. I won't. I'm going to live a long time, 50, 60 more years. My family, they live long lives. My father, my grandfather, this can't be true. Carl, don't be so afraid. You're not. I am. And yet, somehow it's wonderful. Wonderful? Yes, wonderful. But every person in the world wants to know. We know. You and I. It'll be spring that year when I... No, I don't think of it that way. The wonder of it, Carl. Think of that. I've never thought much about the wonder of things. Oh, how good the air is. Like wine. I've heard them call it that. I never believed a breath could be so wonderful. If a man planned every minute that was left, how much he could do... That's why I say it's wonderful, Carl. I know what I have left. I can plan the days, the hours. Live each one because I know just how many of them I have. Carl. Oh, Oh, I'm almost happy now. Happy? Yes. Yes, why not? Now I'll do the things I've wanted to do. Yes. Everyone. I never really wanted that. But you always... Because that was the path my mother had gone. The one she led me to. But all the time, the snobbery of money. Those silly little family destinies. I wasn't happy because it wasn't what I really wanted. I knew that. But I went on because... Because always there was a tomorrow. I said to myself, tomorrow, some new tomorrow, I'll start, start the life I want. I didn't know. But now I know my tomorrow's come. I've got to start now. And so I will. And so I'm happy. What? A child, Carl. Yes. I want a child. Yes. I've said what I never thought to say. 
how I used to laugh at people with their children. Such clever, brittle things. And all the time, my heart was in my eyes. A child. business, of course. My business. No. No. Carl, you're holding me. Yes, Linda. Linda, you and I, we've got to be together. Oh, Carl. You're right, there can be happiness here. For these days and months, we're free. I... I have never been free, have I? The cage of my business, money. I am free now. Yes, I am. Travel, Linda, you and I. The world will climb up to these singing stars of yours. When I was a boy, I always thought I'd do that. Travel. Travel. Free. This little world, all of it, mine to know and have. I thought there was plenty of time to start. Tomorrow, there'd always be a tomorrow for me. Yes, I was immortal. I thought that, really. Most of us do, don't we? Everybody else in the world would live their lives and die, but I, always inside of me, I thought I'd live forever, and so I climbed into a cage and stayed there. Oh, you're holding me so close. You and I, Linda, together, free until that day. Say it. Oh, my dear. Why did it take death to teach us how to live? For Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, next on Theater of the Mind. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.